Thanks for tuning in to another deep dive episode of The Final Third Show. This episode, we talk about Chelsea and why they're ticking so much this season. What makes them work? Why are they doing so well? Is that their defense, their midfield, their offense? Is it a mix of all of them? Either way, I'm on here to discuss what's making that happen. But as always, make sure to leave a rating on our podcast platform if you're so inclined to do so. Make sure to follow us on there as well so you never, never miss a brand new episode from us. And please make sure to check out our Twitter if you're interested in hearing more of what we have to say. That's going to be at Final Third Show. And as always, it's going to be in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third, a bit of a different one for you today, because today it is just me today. Jack, I am one of your hosts. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, Chelsea Football Club, Atalanta, Bergamo Calcio, and the French and U.S. national teams. And AJ is not here today, although he is editing this podcast today, but he is recovering from a root canal that he got a few days ago so you know wish him well and he'll be back hopefully for our sunday episode or monday episode i should say so today it's just going to be me on here it's going to be a shorter episode that's going to be fine but we're going to talk about a team that i am very passionate about and i think a lot of other people are passionate about which is chelsea football club you know They've been playing very well at the start of this Premier League season. But the question is, why? Why are they playing so well, you know? Their strikers aren't maybe performing at the at the level that everyone thought they might be performing at, you know? So what is making Chelsea tick this season? And before we get into that, obviously, make sure to check out our Twitter at Final Third Show for anything from participating in our weekly predictions games to, you know, being able to just follow up on everything we have to say. You know, AJ was celebrating Manchester City being knocked out of the competition. They always seem to win the Carabao Cup by his team, West Ham. I'll give him a come on your irons for AJ just because he's not here to give it. And we all know he would have if he was here. And, you know, check that out. So it's going to be in the description. The link's in the description there at Final Third Show. So let's get into this. What makes Chelsea so good this season? And there's a lot of things that that we could talk about in, in terms of this. You know, Chelsea have been performing exceptionally well. I believe that in in terms of expected goals, they were or expected points. They are estimated to have about, you know, they should have about 16 or 15 points. However, they're sitting at the top of the Premier League table, seven wins, one draw, one loss, 22 points, with a goal differential of 20, 23 goals for, and three against. They're averaging just a little bit uh, over two goals per game and only 0.33 goals against per 90. They've been very good at both ends of the pitch, and there's a lot of things that we can discuss with this. So let's start with one of the most obvious factors of Chelsea's early season success, 
And I think it's pretty much indisputable that one, one name that immediately has to come up if we're going to talk about Chelsea's success absolutely has to be Edouard Mendy. Edouard Mendy has been absolutely immense for Chelsea in the back in the Premier League this season. I, I don't I think he is tied at the top of the clean sheet table, you know, five clean sheets in eight matches for him. He also boasts an impressive 96.2% save percentage. That is incredible. He has faced 26 shots and has saved 24 of them. That no other goalkeeper in Europe is putting up those kinds of numbers. So Mendy has been absolutely immense. The only goals that have been conceded have come from dead ball situations. You know, there were two free kicks and there was one corner or two penalty kicks and one corner that was conceded. That is incredible. Chelsea have only conceded, have conceded zero open play goals. And a lot of it comes down to Edouard Mendy. And in those eight games, he was able to uh, make sure that the ball didn't go in the net. The most important thing a goalkeeper can do. And another important stat that I want to address with Edouard Mendy, he's expected to have conceded about 10 goals this season. 10 goals. Instead, he has been able to prevent seven of those goals from happening. That is, those are absolutely incredible numbers from any goalkeeper's perspective. You know, uh, an ex uh, an ex goals against of 10, three against. He is the most overperforming goalkeeper in the Premier League. The next after him is Allison, who overperforms his XGA by 3.7. So if you're going to start talking about Chelsea's success, one thing you absolutely have to start with is Edouard Mendy. Now, if we're going to continue talking up the pitch, you know, I could mention every single player in this because... I think that's another important strength of Chelsea's system. Everyone on the team knows their role and contributes well to it. You know, the wingbacks of Chelsea have some of the highest goal totals in their in their teams. Reese James has two goals and two assists in, in his games from right wingback. Ben Chilwell has three goals in three games. Marcus Alonso has one goal in, in, uh, in a couple of games as well. You know, all of the wingbacks are contributing to Chelsea's success. Their ability to bomb forward is immense. You know, it overloads the flanks and also creates massive loads of space in the center for players to break into. You know, we saw this kind of used to great effect in Norwich, where Mason Mount was always arriving in the center of that box. Or, you know, the wide players got the ball and were just able to break inside because of the space that was created. So Chelsea have been absolutely incredible in that regard. But those wingbacks wouldn't be able to do what they're doing if it wasn't for the defense behind them. And let's talk about the defense. And specifically, you know, I think it's kind of tough to nail down what Chelsea defenders are the main defenders at this point. But I'm going to say Antonio Rudiger. Thiago Silva and Andreas Christensen have kind of been the main three that I've noticed, although Andreas Christensen, Azpilicueta, and Trevo Chalaba have swapped around a lot in there. So between the three of those, or the three defenders back there, you know, you have Thiago Silva in the middle, who has one of the highest pass completion percentages 
of any player uh, in in Chelsea's team, a 92% pass completion rate. And that's because, you know, he's able to collect the ball from Mendy after, you know, a save or whatever. And he's able to then ping that up the field. For short passes, he's completed 98% of them. Medium passes, 92%. Long passes, he's attempted 64, completed 56 of them. 88%. 88% of his long passes find its target. So... Tiago Silva has been absolutely immense in that regard in order to create that security at the back in order to have massive passing distribution. You know, one of the most accurate in the squad, Andreas Christensen actually is the highest of those who play more often with 95%. Whoever's in the back is always in is going to play a safe pass, maybe not a safe pass, but a good pass, you know. That, that is incredibly important to the way Chelsea plays. And, you know, it allows the fact that their passing has been so good. It allows the left and right center backs to break forward. If you've been watching Chelsea throughout this season, one thing you might notice is uh, Tony Rudiger. You know, a lot of people bantered him quite a bit in, uh, you know, two seasons ago under Lampard. Because he wasn't all that great, he didn't look like a great player. Chelsea player, Chelsea fans were like, thought he should be sold in the in the summer. He stayed around. He was frozen out by Lampard. Tuchel brought him back in, and has turned him into arguably one of the best defenders in Europe. I, I think one on one, he he's just absolutely immense, and he also breaks forward with incredible speed. I I, I know there's Chelsea players who have said that Tony Rudiger is one of the fastest players in the Chelsea squad, in a squad that boasts the likes of like Timo Werner and Christian Pulisic. Now, that's an impressive stat. So he's able to break into spaces whenever, you know, uh, the midfield has disrupted things or with the wingbacks making forward runs, taking them, uh, taking, making sure there's space in the midfield, just able to run through the middle of the defense and be able to play a pass. So Tony Rudiger has been very good at that. Andreas Christensen does it as well, although maybe to less effect, but it did pay off against uh, Malma in the Champions League this past, or a week ago or so. So, you know, that freedom for the center backs means that goals can really come from anywhere and assists can come from anywhere. And in fact, let's, let's take a look at assists for a second, or not necessarily assists, but shot creating actions. Specifically, shot-creating actions per 90. You know, a lot of players contribute to that. You know, Ben Chilwell has 3.67 shot-creating actions per 90. Reese James, 4.2. Cesar Azpilicueta, 3. Marcus Alonso has around 3 as well. Everyone is creating shot actions. And per 90, this, I think, is probably one of the most impressive stats. Chelsea create... Two or sorry, they've created 217 in total. They have created 24.1 shot creating actions per 90. Every 90 minutes, there is a shot. There, there are 24 shots created on the field, and you know Chelsea are scoring around you know 2.2 goals per game, so they're converting around 10 percent of those chances. You know, so it doesn't matter if their forwards aren't. Well, right now they're not fit or if they're underperforming their XG, like Timo Werner is underperforming it by by like 1.2 goal expected goals. But it doesn't matter because if they're creating so many shots or so many like 
shots to be converted, it doesn't matter if there if there's tons of misses because they convert about 10% of them. So if you give them enough time, odds are they're going to score on one of those chances. And it's notable that, you know, the only game where they weren't able to uh, to score, I think I'm right in saying that, uh, was a game where they were restricted in shot creating actions in against Manchester City. So, you know, that that's that's one of the things that has created has created Chelsea into an absolute beast. The fact that everyone is contributing shot uh, creating actions and just an, an absolutely incredible stat, really. Ross Barkley, you know, he's been frozen out of the team. He had a, a bit of a nightmare spell at uh, Aston Villa. 9.3 shot creating actions per 90. He hasn't played too many uh, too many times. Sure. But his influence is really felt there. Mateo Kovacic as well. I want to shine some light on him because uh, there was a stat from Squawka Football today on Twitter that noted that Mateo Kovacic with five assists has produced more assists in the first nine games of this Premier League campaign than he has in any single season before. Mateo Kovacic has taken to Chelsea's system like a fish to water. He is fit right into there, and I think I know why. Chelsea's midfield, their midfield too, you know, they're they're pressed in a lot because a lot of the ball distribution goes through them. You know, Chelsea do play wide sometimes, but for the most part, it's Kovacic and Jorginho or Ruben Loftus-Cheek or N'Golo Kante who's in the center there, who's dictating the play. Mateo Kovacic not only is able to dictate the play and, you know, he has really good passing uh, passing as well uh, with a 90% pass completion rate, but his dribbling, if you, if you ever see him with the ball at his feet, he's able to dribble in and out of space and is able to draw fouls, is able to, you know, get into positions where he's able to score and assist. He, his dribbling produces a lot of magic for Chelsea and allows space for other players because in the FA or sorry EFL Cup match against Southampton the other day Mateo Kovacic was playing and his dribbling often drew two to three Southampton players around him to try and stop him and as a result it freed up far more players and that freeing up of players allowed them to progress the ball forward and try and hurt Southampton on the counterattack. You know, it didn't help Chelsea that Fraser Forster had the game of his life making 12 saves in that. But, you know, the fact that he was able to dribble into that space, take players on, take players away from what they're supposed to be doing, marking their players is so effective and allows Chelsea's system a lot more freedom. Now, that's what I was talking about earlier with the center backs roaming forward. Chelsea's system just has a high degree of freedom where, you know, the only fixed positions on the field seem to be Edouard Mendy, who's obviously in goal, and Thiago Silva, who plays in the back. But even then, he progresses like past the halfway line regularly. So it's really just Mendy who stays in his position. And that freedom makes it incredibly difficult for any team to break them down because... Let's take their lineup against uh, Norwich, against Norwich the uh, the other day, right? Last weekend, they beat Norwich 7-0, one, one of the biggest wins that I've seen in the past, actually the biggest one I've seen in the past two, two years of watching Chelsea. 
and their lineup included a front three of Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, and Hudson Adoy. Even without Fords, they were able to score a ton of goals against Norwich. And you can say it's Norwich, and I'd say, well, that's fair. Norwich aren't very good. But the fact of the matter is, Mason Mount, Callum Hudson Adoy, and Kai Havertz switched their positions so regularly during this match that the Norwich defenders, you know, uh, for example, like Grant Hanley might have thought he should be marking Kai Havertz, who's coming through the center at the beginning of the match. But all of a sudden, then he's out on the right and Mason mounts in the middle. And that gets and that gets into the head of the players and mixes them up and makes it a lot more difficult to do their job of defending. So that high degree of freedom causes problems for opposition defense. That that is that is very important to Chelsea's style of play. You know, I I think that Chelsea have been one of the best teams in the Premier League this season. Liverpool's also been very good, but they've shown that they've been a little bit vulnerable in some places, especially in that game against Brentford, where they conceded three goals in that one, played out a 3-3 draw. Chelsea, on the other hand, looked looked good on both ends of the pitch. They look good defensively because, uh, you know, Edward Mendy has hit the form of his life for whatever reason. He has a 97% save percentage. And you've got young guns like Trevo Chalaba who are coming into the team and Chelsea fans were scared at, at the beginning of this season a little bit and thought, you know, we need Jules Kunde. We need a new center back to replace Kurt Zuma. But little did we know we already had that center back in our academy ready to go. Trevo Chalaba has been, I, I think for most people, has been one of the most impressive youngsters in the Premier League this season. Although uh, at 22 years old, he's six foot three, absolutely immense in defense. A foot mob has him at an eight rating. He's played six matches, has two goals from center back. You know, he, he has been an incredible player. And I, I think that, you know, the fact that all of these players are contributing to the team when they need to be contributing is a big reason why Chelsea are doing so well. Now, I, I, I will I will say they, they have faltered in some places, you know, against Manchester City and against Juventus. We saw some flaws exposed there, and that, that's fair. You know, teams can have off days, but let's take a look at some, at, at some of those. I think a big reason why uh, they were kind of outplayed against some of those teams has to do with how they really lined up in those games. You know, Chelsea in the game against Manchester City deployed a 3-5-2, which, you know, has worked for them in the past. But it also didn't work as well for them because, you know, Marcos Alonso on the side of that defense, he can be very good from left wing back, but he also didn't track back enough in that game. You know, that that's what that's one of the big flaws that I would have to say. His, his matchup against Gabriel Jesus on that on that flank it didn't go well for him because he doesn't track back as often as, you know, say a Ben Chilwell might. And it also didn't help that, you know, the, the passing distribution in the middle of the park just wasn't really there for Chelsea. They, they, uh, the midfielders often got in each other's way and it didn't help them out. So I think upon going through all of these, I, I think I should go through what I think Chelsea's ideal starting 11 should be. For the season, you know, if every player is fit, this is what I think they should be looking at. 
And to start off with, I, I think the the biggest thing is in goal. Like, I mean, it's it's obvious. It's Edward Mendy. Uh, I I think he's the best goalkeeper in Europe at right now on on a form. You know, impressive save percentage, good clean sheet ratio, very good player overall. Then in the defense, I think Thiago Silva has to be in the heart of that defense because he has been such a rock in the back, one of the best pass completion rates. It's been absolutely immense for Chelsea and a big reason why they're succeeding. Left center back, obviously, Tony Rudiger. I call him one of the best center backs in Europe right now. I'd stand by that statement. I think he's been incredible. Plus, his sprint speed and willingness to get forward and get back and defend make, make him vital to the way Chelsea are playing this season. On the other side of the defense, I'd actually go with Trevor Chalaba. I, I really think that he has shown he has what it takes to step up and be a first-team regular for Chelsea. He ha- he puts in the, the good one-on-one tackles. I haven't seen him get beaten too many times this season. He He's good on the ball. He's good in the air. He, he possesses a goal threat, which is something that Thomas Tuchel is clearly looking for in trying to make sure goals can come from anywhere on the pitch. And while I do rate Andreas Christensen, I think right now, Given the form of Trevor Chalaba, I think I might take him over Andreas Christensen. Although it's kind of tough. Azpilicueta is a little bit unlucky here because I think he's very good, but I also think that the players ahead of him are just playing a little bit better right now. Although I do appreciate Azpilicueta's leadership abilities in this side. Left wing back for me has to be Ben Chilwell. You know, he's set a record recently. Four games, four Premier League games in a row scoring for Chelsea. Hasn't been matched since Eden Hazard. First Englishman to do it since Frank Lampard in the early 2010s. You've got to have him in. He's in the form of his life. He's been fantastic. Good defensively. Puts in some good crosses. He's got to be in there. And he's definitely been better than Alonso this season as well, in my opinion. Although Alonso played very well at the beginning of this season. Next, uh, right wing back has to be Reese James for me. You know, one of the creating some of the most shot creating actions in the team. You know, he, he's creating 4.2 shot cre- uh, shot creating actions per 90. He, he's got to go in there. And uh, I that that's what I would go with. Now, the question is, do we go with a. 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3. And for me, I, I think it's got to be a 3-4-3. And right now, I, you know, I'm a French national team fan, and I rate Conte. Right now, though, I, I would take Kovacic and Jorginho as the duo in the middle of this park. And the reason why is, for whatever reason, they, have, they seem to have like a telepathic understanding of the game. They read the game together so well, and... They're, I, I believe they have one of the most passes between them in the in the league. So like duos of passes between, I think they're up there. And their movement, you know, Jorginho is able to stay back, control the control the game from deep. And Kovacic is good at, at running into space, taking players on, dribbling around them and getting into those dangerous positions. So I think they complement each other just so, so well. And especially Kovacic with the form he's in, you, you, you've got to have him in this team. Then up top, it, and that's where we get into the, the biggest issues, I think. But for me, one of, the, one, of the team, one of the names on the team sheet absolutely has to be Mason Mount. People were giving him a lot of flack before the Norwich game, saying that he hadn't scored or that he only had one assist. But, you know, he is incredibly important to the way this team plays. 
creates 4.02 shot creating actions per 90 relentless pressing you know a, an incredible tenacity to win the ball back to and to dribble into space you know he he is very good when, uh, and when he's on form he is unstoppable really he 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 did have a great game against Norwich and i think you know we we all know as chelsea fans you know chelsea fans know he had class but that 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 showed the kind of class that he was looking for and i think he needs to be in this team on the other side of that i want to see timo werner in this team as a more permanent fixture and the reason why because my last player i'll i'll say this because they go together lukaku up in the striking position and the reason why i go with these two together is because i think they complement each other well we saw Werner struggling a lot last season, and I think a lot of it is not just adapting from the Bundesliga to the Premier League, because that's, a, that, that's, that's an easy cop-out, I think, to say that he's adapting to a new league, so uh, he's not performing as well. I think the more complete explanation is that at Leipzig, he was so successful because he, he's a fast player, and he was able to play well off of a taller player who has good distributive qualities in Yusuf Poulsen, who was able to take the, uh, like, you know, take the ball in stride, take it in the air, and play it out to him and let him run at the defense. We've seen Werner run at the defense and cause problems throughout, uh, throughout this campaign already. We've seen him score some goals, some called offside as well, but he is a relentless pressure on opposition defense. And I think if you play him up against up with Lukaku, you know, Lukaku is not a player who plays well with his back to goal, but plays well when he has someone next to him to uh, to play with him. And Timo Werner is perfect for that. They play well together. And I think their play styles will fit each other well. You know, Lukaku's uh, the system at Inter Milan fit his system really well for being able to, you know, receive the ball from either Alexis Sanchez or Lautaro Martinez and just run up into into the space because he's not a striker that plays with his back to goal, but being able to exchange with that partner to create confusion in the box and create scoring opportunities. I think Timo Werner and Romelu Lukaku complement each other very well, which is why I'm so sad to see them both get injured against Malma with, with that. I, th- I think that's really upsetting, but... I think when they're both fit, they should both be in this team. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about Mason Mountain, Romelu Lukaku, because they have a great partnership together. They they actually had uh, before Lukaku was injured, you know, and Mount got uh, got injured as well. in I think the first four or five games of the season, they had the most passes between them of any two players in the Premier League. I And if, if someone if, if, if that's wrong, someone can correct me, but I believe that's correct. And that shows you how well they work together. That chemistry just clicked all of a sudden. And it makes sense because they both were in Chelsea's academy. You know, uh, they weren't playing at the same time, sure. But, you know, I'm sure that there, there's some connection there that worked out. And I think that's what Chelsea have to do moving forward. You know, there's still some things that need to click into place, like imp- uh, implementing or integrating Lukaku in properly into the side but overall i think that chelsea are looking like a well-oiled machine they're coping well with injuries yes their test of competition was against norwich and southampton but 
they've still coped well and you can only beat what's in front of you. It'll be it will be interesting to see how they perform. You know, they have to go to Newcastle, which, you know, while Newcastle aren't doing great, it still is tough to play at St. James's Park. They have Burnley, Leicester and Man U on the horizon. It'll be interesting to see in these upcoming four games how they do against, you know, maybe some bigger opposition in Leicester and Man U and see if they're truly the title contenders that we that I think they are. And, I, and I'm going to maintain that, you know, players are coming back into this team in the form of their life. Ross Barkley, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Callum Hudson-Odoi, you know, all of these players that were kind of on the periphery are getting their chance to play their part and are showing why they're so valuable. Chelsea is one of the deepest teams in the Premier League and has a lot of important things that they can contribute overall. And their defensive, their defensive solidity is incredible, but their attack, their attacking prowess is no joke either. People can joke all they want about how, you know, they get a lot of one zero wins, but they create a barrage of chances and they save any barrage of chances. It seems that comes at them, put those together and you've got a potentially premier league winning combination. So, That was my in-depth tactical analysis of Chelsea. What's making them tick this season? You know, why are they performing so well? And I know this is a bit of a different episode than usual, a little bit of a shorter one, but I hope you enjoyed this deep dive into Chelsea's tactical system, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, otherwise... I, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to do this. It's difficult to to not have someone to play off of. But uh, either way, if you enjoyed this, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. You can find it in the link uh, and the podcast show notes on any podcast platform that you're watching from. You know, you can vote in our polls to see you know, who wins the prediction games from week to week. You can check out our reactions. You can check out my reaction when Chelsea somehow stomped Newcastle 7-0? Question mark? I can only hope. And if if you enjoy, make sure to check us out. Follow us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, whatever you're into. We're going to be there. You can find us on there. And recommend us uh, to, to, you know, your friends. And as AJ would say, tell your dad even. I'm sure he'd love to hear about how, you know, Edward Mendy has one of the best save percentages in Europe this season. And uh, yeah. Oh, and make sure to give us a rating on your pod on, our, on the podcast platform of your choice. We like to read out any five star reviews that we get. We appreciate all of the love and support we get from you guys. So thank you all for listening in to this different episode different deep dive episode of the final third show i will catch you on sunday aj will be back with me i hope and that will be bye for now